Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Type Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam Universal Century in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with Gundam Double Zeta episodes 4 through 6. We're still in uh, episode in the colony and we're just going to go from there. So with us this week we have uh, Scotty P. So in countries where bra sizes actually keep going to F, G, H, I, and so on and so forth, when you hit Z, if you have to go higher than that, does it mean you have to go to double Z? I thought they went to like quadruple F and stuff like that. It depends on the country that you're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And in America, like they do weird things with adding more D's and maybe you get an E and it's just strange. Yeah. We're getting into a realm that I know nothing about very quickly. Raw sizes specifically. And we have Luke. Giant robots. Look, these are, my wife has taught me these things. Okay. This is just Luke is an, Luke is an ass man. My, my wife has taught me nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> episode four. Okay, yeah. Let's move on to Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> episode four. Hot-blooded Mashima. <laughs> yeah, Chimatter, man. Chimatter. Trying to show he matters. He's he matters for the next few episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, off and on. Yeah. He's, he's like a... I don't know. I feel like he's like a a, a better version of Wong. <laughs> um, like Wong wasn't a dick. Yeah. All right. So the Argama is uh, still hanging out in the junkyard part of the colony. Um, they're trying to hide the Argama inside the junk. So like they're backing into like a mountain of like scrap heap and just like burying the Argama in it. I don't think this is a very effective way to hide a uh, spaceship, but uh, it works for th this show for some you, reason. You become a very easy target for Galvatron and his sweeps to blow up your spaceship if you try to hide it in junk. Okay, yeah. This is, we've learned this. Well, I, I have. Um, anyway, so that like the next scene, though, this is so funny because Mashima's at the hotel and... When he like, goes to pay with gold bars, I lost my shit. I, I don't know why. I thought that was so funny. I have yeah. more credit. Gold bar. <laughs> yeah, he just shows up. He's dressed kind of like a pimp or something. with a, and Paying with like a suitcase full of gold bars. And then like... Uh, oh, go I, don't know, I don't know how much they've exposed about this at this point. Like at exactly this point in the beginning of this episode. But what the hell did she do to this guy? He's... He's just hurting. He's hurting for the next, like, I don't know how many episodes, at least, like, five more episodes. He's just, like, mindlessly simping over, over Amon. Oh, oh, that's that's for the rest of his life. <laughs> well, we haven't gotten that right. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's... Be more he, careful with spoilers, lest people have seen this show. No, no, I'm saying that... Applied or otherwise. Yeah. This this guy is a devout Haman follower. Oh. She's he's, brainwashed him or something. He's, I don't know, brainwashed maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we we get to see uh, Gaton getting yelled at for wearing a military uniform. He's 
basically gets told to change into normal clothes because they're they're trying to lay low in the city. They're they're not trying to be aggressive. They're trying to win over the population, as it were. And um, you know, when what wins over a population but a button-down almost Yazan shirt uh, being worn by Kotan? The impression that I got was uh, they, they were very much trying to like kind of win the favor of the the colony. So presenting as Zeon or or what have you. That's like the wrong image to portray if they want to get everyone on their side. So he's very big on like, do not come off as military. Don't show your mobile suits. Don't fight in front of them. Don't do anything in front of them that would give them a bad impression of us. Yeah, we we see more. I don't. I can't remember if we saw any in the previous episodes or not. But we see more. We see more and more of these Haman flashbacks, um, where Haman is tasking Marshima. Uh, I'm just going to call him Marshmallow, to uh, to scout Shangri-La as part of her efforts to gain uh, strongholds around the uh, Earth sphere um, and for her and the Zobbies. Uh, the, the flashbacks she has, or he has with her, I don't know if these are just like, like creepy wet dreams he has had based off of real conversations with her or if they're even close to like reality but like she is 180 degrees different from what we saw in zeta it, you know i was thinking that watching this too that it seems like it's a completely different person like it's like this idealized version of her and it's like i'm, I'm expecting this like sitcom trope of them revealing later of what he was experiencing was grossly misinterpreted yeah, I had, I had this actually written down in my notes later on, either in this episode or the next one. I put, how many of these flashbacks actually happen? <laughs> like, are these actual memories, or are they just him having delusions? I think the reality is somewhere likely in between. Yeah, I feel like some of the quotes are definitely from her, but like. Mm -hmm. The situation doesn't seem like it's very likely to happen between her and him. Just because, yeah. like, in, in a practical sense, and I know Gundam does a lot of weird things. Like, we talked about Jared kind of being, like, some shitty lieutenant that somehow is, like, hanging out with, like, the top echelons of the Titan, like, officer corps. So, I mean, it's not completely implausible that this, you know, green officer for axis is meeting with haman uh but it it still seems out of place one thing that i was thinking as i was watching this is it very well could have actually happened but just be her manipulating him which seems kind of more on brand but does she need to that that would be my question i don't i don't think she would need to manipulate him like that i, I don't know whether she needs to or not i always interpret her as the kind of person that would just because she could or because it would make it easier on her or whatever yeah yeah. Well, and, and and don't forget the context here too is that the Endra is one of many ships in the fleet that has been sent to you go to this colony you, know, you go to that colony you go yeah. to that colony so it's also possible that a lot of these things were done in like a group setting with 20 other ship captains and then in his brain he's removed everyone else that was in the room yeah and, and keeping in mind too he's being sent to the oldest probably some of the more broken down colonies so eh, he's probably not that important in the grand scheme of things he just ends up being the lucky guy that fights the argument um well it's it's actually funny you mention this because there's i think this can connect to some of the things that get talked about next in the episode because you have it where they're driving 
and they have to slam on their brakes so that they don't hit a truck. And of course, the truck, because this is how we have to advance plot in episodes, it has Beecha driving it and Elle's on there, and they're, you know, they argue briefly, and then the Beecha and all them keep going. And, you know, Mashimo talks about how part of their mission is to educate kids like that and give them a dream to follow because high spirited kids are a valuable resource in war. Yeah. And I was sort of thinking, well, maybe one of the other reasons that they're having to act like this is you think back to the one year war where, especially by the end, one of Zeon's major problems was they were literally running out of soldiers. And so this might be part of the longer game that Haman has in mind, because obviously she's thinking this is a, like she's going to take over the space part of the earth sphere at least and you know rule over it for decades and decades and that would be part of a long-term plan i think to ingratiate yourself so that you know you have more people volunteer to fight for you when necessary and things like that yeah and and kind of leading into that too is the next scene we see is um people in the colony are short on resources and this is directly because of the argama showing up on the colony um, the resources, and we learned that the resources in Colony are going to the hospital in District 10, um, which we can, I guess, assume that's where, you know, the argument's pulling the resources. Um, this, that line about District 10 was one of those moments where I feel like I have, it has finally been beaten into my head how to watch a Tomino show, where I was like, that's gonna come up. Yeah. That <laughs> little, that little piece of throwaway of Lena talking to the milk lady is gonna matter. Yep. Yep. But the milk lady did save some uh, milk for Lena, so that was nice of her. Um, so Judo gets picked up by Beecha and the other guy who I was, whose name I always forget. Who's the other guy that was with Beecha? Mondo or Eno? Mo yeah. uh, Mondo. It was Beecha. I think Eno was the second one, and then and then uh, Mondo. Yeah. I just I just need to do the the. Shangri-La crew like flashcards so I can remember their names when I see them because like really the only ones that matter are Chudo and Bicha and Lena and uh the other girl's name who I forgot right now and like the other guys are just kind of like sidekicks <laughs> what girl was Ellie? Ella? L? L yeah El Viano um I had the I, I knew them all from video games before I ever watched the show. So thank goodness I, I had things like Dynasty Warriors Gundam to know who all these randos were. Yeah. Because if not, it's the typical, hey, it's a new show. We're about to dump seven or eight new characters yeah. on you immediately. And, and the only time you learn their name is their death episode. <laughs> sometimes yeah. You, yeah. you you know it but like it doesn't matter until then i i don't know why mondo i remembered for the bowl cut and i don't know why that made me think mondo like something about the way he looks just it feels he's like a, mondo. a mondo yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep so judo gets picked up by them and they head to the argama uh and lena heads off to talk to fa because they're all she doesn't want them going to the Argama. Um, keep in mind. He's skipping school, and that's kind of what she's upset about more than anything else. Yeah, I think, yeah, there's a weird obsession with these kids going to school when they're clearly not ever going to school. Um, so uh, Marshima isn't comfortable, we learn, using the Argama in, in 
the, the injured Argima people as like a shield. So like Gauten tells Marshma that, oh, the, the reason the hospital is like so popping right now is because the Argima has sent all of its injured people there. Uh, so we can kind of use them as, as like bait or whatever to, for our attack. I, I enjoy where Mashima's like, we're not going to use them as hostages. And Gotten replies back, not hostages, shields. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's better. It, it's, <laughs> it's funny over the next few episodes, you see like, you know, when Gotten is like, all amped to kill people then Mashima is like no we need to be noble and then like Mashima is like let's kill everybody and Gotten's like no we really shouldn't do that so like they both kind of go back and forth and play like the like a balancing act with each other um yep so uh Mashima almost hits uh Camille with a car uh, or I guess Gotten does but uh he they almost hit Camille and Fa throws herself in front of it and uh Mashima is like so moved by this and uh I think he almost falls in love with her, but you know, he still has Haman. So Well I there's a couple things here. For one, I wish Jared had survived and <laughs> somehow gotten onto the Argama because if Jared had been in that wheelchair, you know that car would have hit it. <laughs> um but yeah, so yeah, there's this whole thing here. Mashima sees Fa, and he's just so impressed. He goes, wow, she's shielding her patient with her own body. And he like keeps going really like cringy. And, you know, at one point he calls her like a flower blooming in the slums. Yeah. And he it's... thinks he's found this angel. And then at some point, I, I might be jumping ahead, but like in his, in the little bit of his uh, internal monologue you get keyed into, he's like, no. No, I have a mod. I cannot be like led astray yeah. by this this slum angel. <laughs> but he but he only sees a dark future for Fa. That's like the last thing he says about it. But it is true. He does say that he uh, he gets shocked though when they are, are you are you the nurse? And she's like, No, I'm not the nurse. And he's like, Are you his sister? And she's like, No, I'm not his sister. And then the kids Shinta and Kum are like, uh, She's his girlfriend. And he's like. <gasps> <laughs> And it's yeah. uh, poor Camille, the way that the kids describe it, or I think it's Shinta, it might be Coombe, says that, oh, he j he can walk. He just doesn't understand anything anymore because of the war. Oh. <laughs> so we we see that Axis is planting bombs around the colony. Um, Mashima isn't very happy about it, um, but he learns that they're just putting it around to avoid damaging the main city. So they're putting on the outskirts of the city and probably in the junkyard and all that fun stuff. Uh, and then they put his gallus in a liquor transport that is a monumental waste of liquor. Um, he asked them why they couldn't have hidden it under roses. <laughs> probably would have been more cost effective. Yeah, I don't know. Where would they have gotten all the roses? I had so many questions after that. That seemed like a good idea to him. Maybe there were wrecked roses department stores in the pile. They could have like gotten one over on. All of those rose boxes were right next to the alcohol bottles. What were you thinking? Um. So uh, <laughs> the judo it shows up and sees the the gallus, and um, as it's getting up and breaking all of that liquor, that poor poor liquor. 
um judo like puts a little grappling hook around it and like just gets dragged along so we kind of get like a little comedic scene of judo getting dragged behind it as it's walking um you know when when uh he's first this is before any of that happens and and judo's just telling l to go back to the others and he's saying he'll handle basically the mobile suit she just is like okay whatever and he starts messing with a rope and all i could think of in my head was that timeless classic quote of uh from another movie what are we gonna need fucking rope for (laughs) (laughs) oh boondock saints um yeah so he gets hung along and then uh as far as like with uh lena trying to catch up to him they get stuck in uh a hole um and tells shinton kun to get out and push the car so we know they're gonna be stuck for a bit um so Marshmallow f- notices that he has a hatch on his suit now, um, and he observes Judo and one of the the cameras hanging on to the gallows for dear life. And Judo just straight up announces to him when when Marshmallow's like, "Get the fuck off my suit!" He's like, "No, I'm going to steal it and sell it for parts." Uh, and Marshmallow's like, uh, "Okay, I'm going to knock you the fuck loose." He he calls him a <laughs> Sorry, he calls him a child of lower character. <laughs> yes. That's such a demeaning insult. Uh, is this the first time we've seen this this mobile suit? The, what is it? The Gallus? No, this is this is the second time because the first time the hatch was broken it, and it was right, right, right. Other, otherwise incomplete. This 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 is a recurring theme for uh, the Endra sending out like jacked up suits. Uh, I, I noticed the the shocking lack of closing cockpits. Yes. So that's yeah. a theme. It, it's this wonderful running gag over the first several episodes of Double Zeta. It, I, it's just kind of really amusing. It What's one common thread you can have among lots of mobile suits and things that others that we're going to see that have this insanely wide disparity in how technologically advanced they are and in the skills of the pilots that are in them. Well, they all got doors. Yeah. Maybe the doors get stuck. Yeah. So, um, Marshmallow's trying to knock judo loose and then Beecha starts throwing beer bottles at, uh, Marshmallow's open cockpit. So even though he has the cockpit, it's open. They weren't just beer bottles. He filled them with sand first. Yeah. So there's basically sand bombs in there, which was really effective. Yeah. This is the second time they've thrown things at a mobile suit to disable it. Like, random shit. The first time was when they were throwing, like, fruits and vegetables at the at the Zeta, I think it was. I think up until, up until Double Zeta, just people on foot have been widely ineffective against mobile suits. Uh, this is, is a very, very glaring difference to like all the other stuff we've seen in the past. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, judo sneaks into the cockpit and just starts punching and kicking Marshmallow and they start brawling with each other. And like my note here is, is like, this is, this is peak Saturday morning cartoon fighting right here. Like, <laughs> you know, they're like basically 
cartoon fighting. I don't, I don't, I don't know any other way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's not. Sorry, go ahead. I had made notes over the next couple of episodes that like every stereotype of anime of it being goofy and like the oh and, and shit, you know, shit like that is from this show. It's gotta be. Yeah, they they definitely hit a lot of the tropes in the in the early episodes. Um, so Marshmallow is about to um, take out the kids, but then he has a flashback to Haman saying that uh, that the society in the old colonies is is falling apart, and don't blame the kids for where they're at. So like, it's not it's not these kids' fault that they're shitty people. They're the society's colonies. victims. Yeah. There's, um, a, there, there's got to be some, like imperialism and appropriation undertone to yeah, some sure of that. Are. Yeah. Yep. So the argument catches the kids uh, breaking in again, um, and Bright locks down the area that they they got into, uh, but Judo manages to get into the Zeta and break free. Um. Marshall shows up in the Gallus, and he is mad. That... I, I, I think it's worth mentioning here. Bright completely expected that they would show up. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, they, they let them in. And then Bright was, I guess, thinking like he would be able to stop Judo this time. And we... Dude. Bright is... One thing that Bright is completely incapable of as a human being is preventing people <laughs> mm-hmm. to getting into a mobile suit that he controls. See, that's what they needed in Evangelion, is you just put Bright in the room, and then you won't have any trouble getting Shinji into that shit. It'll just, <laughs> it'll just happen. It's like a force of nature. He would, it would be like a gravitational pull. He'd be like, no, I don't want it. He would just fall in it out of nowhere. No, I feel like it would be, I mean, it would be related, though. I, I think Bright just, like people don't respect Bright enough that they're just like, oh, I'm going to fucking take your suit. <laughs> And Bright, like, somehow is like, all right, now that you're in it, can you go uh, kill the guys I don't like? Right. Oh, okay. Thank Like, the loosest recruiting standards ever. Are you a child? Check. <laughs> <laughs> Have you robbed me one or multiple times? <laughs> Do you not have any parents? Check. All right. Go ahead. Will you tell anyone if I punch you? What's that? Will you tell anyone if I punch you? <laughs> I mean, does it matter if they tell anybody? He does it in front of, like, the whole crew. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mashima is mad that the Zeta is running away and not defending the Argama. Uh, Judo just wants to get away after he, he's stolen the suit, pretty much, at this point. Um, but then they blow a hole in, in the garbage dunk, uh, junkyard area, uh, and it drags the Zeta in. Uh, and Judo manages to grab the gallus and drags it in as well. Um, and they get sucked out of the colony. So, uh, Bright sitting there kind of like coaching them through how to turn on like the, the verniers for space and everything like that. He's like, here, press this button, turn this on and you'll be able to like actuate. Um, and this was the first thing that it, it recurs several times in the next few episodes. Earlier in the episode, they had set up this trap there for the Argama, and Mashima was a little bit concerned about blowing it because he was worried about damaging the colony. And they're like, well, we, we, you know, we'll be all right. 
And then he ends up tripping it for the Zeta instead. And it does exactly what Mashima was worried about. Yeah. And th this will become a, a thing. Yeah. Yep, so um, they, they're they going to send out the Methus, but Bright says it'll take it a while to get through the, the spaceport. Um, but one of the kids just kind of is like, dude, there's a hole in the fucking colony. It can fly out through the hole. And, Bright, uh, and Bright's like, oh, yeah. Um, but the reason they, they need to send the Methus out so quickly is because there is a hole in the cockpit of the Zeta, uh, and it is running out of oxygen very quickly. Uh, but Judo managed to, manages to kick uh, the Gallus and send it flying away uh, and get back into the colony. Um, and then he f they, they fill the hole to the colony. <laughs> yeah, Masha was trying to get back in through it, and they're like, well, the crews are already trying to fix it. He's like, yeah. ah. <laughs> um, I, I enjoy that judo is well at first he's kind of resistant because bright says someone's on the way to pick you up and he's thinking still in his head he could steal this thing um but you know the air is leaking out and judo's trying to just take clothes off and use those to yeah stop you know the holes and bright's like look there you're running out of air i will give you breakfast if you just cooperate <laughs> and he's like okay fine yeah, yeah, this is a recurring theme. Judo does not want to, uh, to, to, he, he will work f for everything that he earns as his thing. So if he gets food, he has to have done something for the, uh, Argama. It's kind of weird, but yeah, so, uh, Marshmallow is sad that he has failed Haman once again, and Fa's truck is finally pushed out of the hole by Shinta and Kum. Yeah, and they drive by Mashima, and he has, he recognizes Fa, and then he, like, grabs his rose. He, like, has his last impure thought about Fa, and then goes <laughs> right back to Haman in his head. He lets those feelings go. Or does he? <laughs> we don't need to see that scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> episode 5, Judo's Decision. What do you think this episode's about, guys? Fat guy in a mobile suit. What was the first... Let's see. What was the first episode's name? All right. Hot-Blooded Marshima. Judo's Decision, Episode 6. The Zissa Menace. Yeah, we're we're not we're not doing the Zeta thing of every other episode title being good. We're just getting some shitty titles. Yeah. <laughs> you would think that this is about a lot more than, than the Garbage Man. But that's what it's about is the Garbage Man. Yep. Um, so Marshima is mad that somebody has brought some ugly suits into the Endra. And uh, we meet Gamon Bajak, who is a fat guy who says he will help get the Zeta with his uh, Geze. Jeezy. I just said these. Geez. I think Gezi is how my head was saying it, but I kind of like Jeezy now that I'm. On yeah, a I like Jeezy too. Can be stupid. Is there a is there a perfect grade of this suit? Oh man, I hope. <laughs> I you know I'm gonna look right now if there's even a gunpla at all of it. There might not be. I mean, it shows up in enough episodes that there should be a there should be at least a, a high grade, right? 
No? You don't think so? I can't find one. I mean, it's like an uh, I'm looking. Uh, uh, I don't think there is. I don't think there's anything. It's a big bummer. Yep. So um, we learned that Gamon is a uh, Axis fanboy because he says he's liked them ever since they ran the Gate of the Zidane, which is pretty funny. He basically just likes creating chaos and havoc and damage. Um, Mashima agrees to accept Gamon, Gamon's help. Gamon, I, I keep forgetting where how you pronounce it. Gamon, but, yeah. yeah. He, he keeps trying to, he's doing it just kind of still on this, like, well, we got to get him to like us, so yeah. might as well. We got to earn the citizens' trust by taking this definitely not shady dude's help to destroy the Zeta, or capture the Zeta. Um, we learned that Bright wants Judo to be a pilot cadet, and Judo says he'll do it if the Argama can be his crew's base for, <laughs> for stealing junkyard shit. Um, Fa argues with, uh, with Judo, and they're basically like, Judo and his crew basically just fuck off. They're like, nah. Never mind. Well, they, they, uh, I think it's Fa is like, hey, you can come study here and learn. Um, someone, someone tells him that. Um, and he, he's like, no, nah, I can just do that at school. If I want to do that, I'll just do that at school. And then it cuts to them going to school, which is kind of when I was like, I think this, this episode might be filler. I don't know. Yeah, it's filler. Well, I mean, it does the job of uh, introducing us to, to Gemin. Um, so Marshmallow fondles his flower and ponders sending out two Gaza Seas, and uh, he's pretty creepy this whole time. And then Galton hears through a door. So like, Mashima is like, I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know how to explain it, but you know, Mashima just says creepy shit all the time, and Galton is like, listening to uh, like- It was like he was praying to Haman. Yeah. It was really creepy, and uh, Gotten's like listening at the door, and then the door's automatic sensors like go off and opens. And like, again, you get an, another one of those like classic 80s, 90s cartoon tropes where like they're awkwardly looking at each other, and <laughs> Marshman's like pissed. Um, he's he like, gives him, he offers him a week's leave after the operation if he doesn't tell anybody about it. Yeah. Um, Learning from wonderful leaders like the titans that you just offer a week's leave yeah yeah um by the way before we get too far you can get a little mini kit of the gezi and those are at one time recently you could get those at uh, barnes and noble um toys r us well toys r us is closed for fucking ever but um you could you could get them uh they're blind boxed which is a pain in the neck but um and then you got uh in, in Build Divers, one of the episodes, they show one built with all the models, but it's they do shit like that in, in those shows where they're like, look, here's a model kit of this thing. There's no real model kit of. Fuck you. I see the clear version. It's a bummer because it's kind of a cool little suit, like with its um, like four arms. arms and it's like spinny waist thing that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Yeah, there's a there's a picture on Pinterest of what looks like an old kit, like an eighties era kit of it, but it doesn't have any context. So let me reverse search this and see what we get. Um, no other size is found. Well, that's helpful. 
probably B <laughs> club. It's probably an old B club kit or something like a resin job. But yeah, yeah nothing, nothing major. Anyway, but, but Mashmore is right. It's an ugly suit. <laughs> um, so Gimmon launches with the support of the two Gaza Seas that the Endras uh, had, and um, Foss steals a car. Uh, that Lena was driving, or sorry, that L was driving, um, and Lena and L run after her. Um, but yeah, and then we get an actual interesting scene that we have from somebody we haven't seen in a while. We get a creepy guy in a in a cowboy suit, but it's like dark drawings of of him, and it's just on. Like it's pretty obvious after like looking at it for a second that it's just on but yeah it was like they were trying to hide it but you know i mean yeah. short of showing the turtle on his chest like <laughs> you're right i i enjoy right before that lena in the dialogue gives a little bit just a little bit of a world building detail here it says how the lazy uh colony public corporation just keeps the weather in shangri-la like springtime all year round i'd be fine with that but apparently they don't. Now, maybe the implication is that the colony is so busted up, it's too much of a pain in the ass to change the mirrors to simulate seasons. But that's yeah. I thought that I thought that was just an interesting small detail. I mean, today was like a hundred and five, so I'm fine with uh, forever springtime weather. I mean, I'm sure for a while. Yeah, it was 105. It was nasty outside. Uh, Dog days. Anyway, yeah, the kids actually went to school. <laughs> actually went to school. Now, you guys call this filler. I say this is showing us, instead of just telling us, very definitively that these dudes are just contrary. Regardless. like They're this punks. Isn't, this isn't a situation. Yeah, this is not a situation with the Argama or anything. They're just being contrary for the sake of it. Yeah, they're asshole teenagers. Yeah, yeah. They're 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 punk brats. And isn't, isn't Judo like fourteen or something? I think he's sixteen. Yeah, I think he is about the same age as, if not older than uh, Camille, wasn't he? Yeah, he's one of the older Gundam pilots. I want to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, and in, and in some ways, thinking about, like, the differences between the pilots, uh, I mean, we can go into that at, a, at another point, but just briefly, like, Judo is, like, a responsible, with quotes, you know, adult almost in this situation, because he is taking care of his sister, he is, you know, trying to send her off to school, uh, because his parents aren't there, so, you know, he is, he doesn't, yeah, he has shitty parents, but he doesn't have mommy and daddy issues like Camille and uh, 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 Amaro had. Yeah, well, he has to play daddy for yeah. his yeah. younger sister. Oh, I shouldn't have phrased it that way. He has to act like a father figure for his yeah. younger sister. And, uh, you know, like when he goes, they don't even call him and roll. The teacher's like, huh, you're here? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so everybody's surprised, and then, uh, Shinta and Kum show up at the school, and they start taking the baseball chalk liner, uh, and 
just running around and making designs in the, in the field and you don't see what those are but you know they're doing some having some fun um lena and l yell and tell judo that the argama is in trouble that they saw the the gaza seas and the um gz chasing after the argama or going towards the argama but then gamon lands in the school's playground because shinta and kum drew a z and a g and obviously this means the zeta gundam is here it was a challenge from the zeta gundam obviously at yes. the school yeah so he lands in the school and he, he says i challenge the zeta gundam to a fight it's got to be here this was like the landing site for it um and then gotten is dumbfounded that gaman is threatening to blow up the school uh basically saying if zeta doesn't show up i'm just gonna kill all these kids uh, and the kids just basically sit there and, and mock Gamon uh, from the roof of the school, start planning to drop shit on his suit uh, and drop it. Actually, drop his suit. Um, yeah, so they like tie shit around his legs. They He takes the bait and then L yanks his legs out from under him by driving the car away from his suit and knocks him down. Obviously, this is what's that? One thing that I had noted was when, when Gaman was like threatening the school, uh, Judo was like, everybody, you need to come help. And like, we got to stop this from happening. And everyone's like, oh, no, I don't want to do anything dangerous. I don't want to get involved. And they're all just kind of like cowering and like, no one wants to help. So I'd rather like, die. <laughs> like him and Lena and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, like run up to the roof and start, start trying to like save everyone basically while everyone's like cowering in the uh, classroom. Yep. Yep. Even Haro went to the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yep so um gamon just stands up and uh starts beating the school uh and then yazan shows up and uh he is going to i guess hit the gz and he just falls into a manhole to be fair they show the manhole cover getting knocked away yeah when they knock the the gz over and <laughs> at first i thought like I didn't pay it. I was like, that's not important. Surely that's not important. But oh, this is to a Tomino show. Right. And you have to remember he's very big on storyboards. So, you know, the fucker drew that frame yeah. on a storyboard. It's like, you better put that because we're, somebody's about to fall through it. Like you got, I got to give it this. Hey, if you're going to rely on jokes, at least that they set them up. Yeah. You know, it's not just, com and you don't it know was, it's a joke. It's, you don't, you yeah. don't see like, you know, yeah the manhole going in like a silly sound. It's like the manhole falls and then Yazan falls into it. Yep. It's, it's not 100% Looney Tunes because Looney Tunes, that manhole never would have had a cover, but <laughs> Hey, yeah, it, it, it works. Yeah. They, they take the chalk and you're like, is this, is this going to be like Haruhi? Like it's just, they're just being goofy and it's going to yeah. be weird crop circle symbols. No. So fall launches in the Zeta, um, while the kids are cornered on the roof of the school or are they on the roof at this point yeah some of them are on the yeah. roof and some of them are on the ground um and gimon says that the zeta is luring him by showing him its butt you know i really enjoy when the zeta launches well maybe enjoy is not the right word but i was entertained by it because fa is in the zeta and takes off in it and bright's like when you see judo let him pilot it <laughs> this and, is her first time piloting the zeta isn't it uh -huh. yeah and she says no i want to handle things myself and bright just says i suppose 
I, I which is funny because she has pretty decent amount of experience up to this point too. Like she, not she's the that, not, not the way that she uh, seems to be piloting this thing. Oh no, she's yeah. a shitty pilot. But I mean, she is probably the most experienced pilot on the Argama at this point. This is why they're laying low for a while, and Bright is like, we could enlist child soldiers. Yeah. I want to make a quick note. <laughs> Some random kid. Based on something you said earlier, Lane, um, it brought to my attention that I had the, uh, the unofficial subtitles uh, for this as I was watching it, um, which, in my defense, the version I had had official subtitles that just did not work in the, in the like video player that I was using, so I just threw another set of subtitles on there easy to get turns out they weren't official um when she flies up oh, when she flies away from her, he's like, are you trying to turn me on by showing me your ass that is the official unofficial i mean that's pretty close to like the actual things like you can get some blu-rays actually like, wasn't it on um gun 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 info for a while too now it was yeah did cycles in and out like yeah. everything yeah um I, and actually, the Blu-rays aren't that special because they're not remastered or anything. You can really tell on the Blu-rays that someone has gone through Zeta and they have made it look as nice as they can. The same treatment has not been given to Double Zeta. Which at is... least not the copies that are here. I don't know if the Japanese ones are any nicer. but ours I can't imagine they like, would be. Ours really... They look like a DVD. Yeah. They, yeah, they cleaner, put... but it looks like a DVD. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, Gamon gets turned on by the Zeta's butt, and then uh, Gamon tackles the Zeta after tricking Fa into not firing in the colony. Um. He's like, "Oh, you'll damage the colony if you do this." And then, like, she's like, "Oh yeah," and she hesitates, and then he's like, "I'm gonna tackle you, bitch." Um, and her cockpit hatch gets broken. This is another episode with a broken cockpit hatch. Um, listen, listen, you gotta remember they're low on mechanics. This is yeah. reminding you. Yes. Um, and Gamon sees that it is a woman piloting the Zeta, uh, which, you know, that's a thing. So, uh, Gamon electrocutes the Zeta and fog gets knocked out because of system failures this is yet another reminder that there are things in the zeta and things that are broken just like scotty was saying they don't have enough engineers so not all the systems are working as intended normally an electrical shock would have just damaged parts of the zeta but not like the pilot um the kids drop a ball of fuel down a hill so like they there's like this big i don't know water tank of gasoline gas storage tank yeah and uh they knock it down the hill and it chases gamon for a while and then he's like oh wait i can just throw it into the river so he throws it into the river um but this gives judo time to get into the zeta and fa wakes up and then uh as he's trying to get into the zeta He's like hanging on and Fa starts fighting uh, Gamon. And uh, eventually Judo gets in the cockpit and uh, sits in Fa's lap for a minute. They struggle, cuddle for a little bit. And uh, well, the, the, the Gizzi 
knocks i've probably seen it different every fucking time it doesn't matter it it knocks the zeta down causing judo to fall in her lap and then he's also mad and he's essentially sitting at the controls and just takes control but he's he's sitting in fa's lap yeah 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 and then he's like all right let me let me get you out of here and he like drops her on the ground like drops her on the ground she yells at him and says what the fuck dude um I, that, I will i will point out here just just pointing it out not making any commentary watch fa's attitude and treatment towards judo after after this episode just saying yeah he he yeah he was not gentle um judo gets gets into a she, fist fight she, she's into it <laughs> um judo gets into a fist fight with gaman and uh gets knocked over but uh gaman gets dizzy all of a sudden because they were like doing like some kung fu shit where they were going really fast and and then uh before gaman can take judo out he gets dizzy and judo cuts off all of gaman's arms well and we we did not point out that the jeezy has a movable cockpit it, it has a rotator can... on it's a belt yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is like i don't know if i think it's a good idea or a bad idea obviously it bit gimon in the ass but also he's like a junkyard mechanic you know if like a real designer had designed something like that i wonder if it would have been better probably not <laughs> it, it must have just been some well, weird, like, this is all I can manage to scrap together that works. I can't actually get, like, the camera systems to play nice, so... My guess, my completely unprofessional guess was he's got four arms, and they look like they could go forward or backward rather easily. So, if he's doing a lot of stuff in a junkyard, he might be moving stuff from front to back, and if he can move the cockpit, then that makes sense. Again, guess side one safety regulation yeah my guess was kind of on the um on, on the insane line with you scotty like i was sitting there thinking like there's a cockpit in there from whatever he scrapped scrapped that together from that he couldn't use he couldn't get into it or it just was dead and he just couldn't do anything with it so he strapped another cockpit around the waist yeah so um yeah come on gets his arms cut off and he tells judo that the indra made him fight and he begs for his forgiveness and judo believes him so uh come on gets off uh lightly this time around and uh then we go back to see marshima and he's going back and forth on wanting to fight but he decides to wait this time until his new suits are done uh namely the hama hama <laughs> i wonder if anybody can hear understands what the Hamahama is named after. Oh, yeah. And a note about names. One of the students in Yudo's classroom was Arma Garma. This is also here, though. He has another flashback. When he's... Marshman's like, I'm tired. And then he has a Haman flashback about (laughs) how fatigue can cloud your judgment. But if he's too hasty, he'll turn the locals into his enemies. And this is where I wrote down how many of these really happened versus how many are Mashima's delusions. Yeah. Yep. 
So Judo decides to take the Zeta back to the Argama because he can't afford the hangar fee for the suit. Yep. And that is the end of episode five. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do have to say, like, I, on a rewatch, I didn't mind it. It's a quick watch. You know, it's harmless. It establishes character. I feel like that's probably the episode that the haters would hold up to the beginning parts of the show if they were like, look at this stupid shit. It's a silly episode, but it's not a bad episode. No. Mm-mm. I mean, there were episodes of Zeta that weren't silly and were long. And bad. <laughs> and bad. Um, at least with the f- mobile suit fight every episode in Double Zeta, like, you can chuckle when, like, <laughs> Gamon gets dizzy and gets his arms cut off. <laughs> yeah. Um, alright. Episode 6. The Zissa Menace. So, uh, Axis has a new, uh, ugly-ass suit. It's big. It's ugly. It's the Hamahama. No, it's... No. Oh, wait, no. This one's not the Hamahama. Which one is this? the title of the episode. Oh, the Zissa. The Zissa, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. You're getting ahead, man. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I just read the line about the Hamahama, and it's a big, ugly suit, too. You you must have turned that... You turned the six upside down, because I think it's episode nine we get the Hamahama. Well, they, they, they show the Hamahama at some points. I don't know if it's in this episode or not, but... You get to see it. Um, so, Gatan Gotten is working with the leader of the colony to figure out how they can fight the Argama without making the people fear Axis. Uh, and they're also talking about how they can control the media to, like, c- control the merit- narrative. Um, and yeah, then. And, and you really get the feeling here that this Mr. Damar, one of the colony officials, he's really just worried about his and his rich friend's houses. Yeah, this is like um, the guy from from Zeta that was like the leader of of that one colony or something. That very much the same type of character. He will do whatever he can as long as it benefits him. Um, and then Marshma has a flashback to Haman, telling him that he doesn't always have to be noble, or you can't always be noble. Um, again, delusions. Yeah, he's got one for everything. <laughs> um the kids got fed on the argama and then bright asked them to help until they can leave the colony and head to the lavian rose um so we learned that the, they're gonna head to the lavian rose in a few days and do repairs uh it's on its way um bright also says they can stay on the ship ship forever as child soldiers forever if they want to um they are hard up for help and, and would you like unlimited bacon to be conscripted as a child soldier? Would you like to be either dead or traumatized for the rest of your life, however long it may be? Well, you can serve on my ship as a 12-year-old. We are hard up for help because most of the other help is dead or injured. Um, <laughs> I promise is... you, by the end of this 50-episode series, you'll probably be dead. <laughs> and this is minutes after, I mean, really seconds after mondo is looking at a piece of armor plating for the zeta going like <laughs> oh i need me some new roof shingles yeah. i got a leak in my roof man he doesn't have a southern accent it's just you know but if we had an english dobby would 
Uh, it, that would feel inappropriate based, inappropriate based on how he looks. So, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, well, you know, if Tamino was in charge of the accents. Um, hey, I want actually put him in charge of the English dubs. Yeah. I bet he knows just enough English to make it awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So everybody but Judo is on board for staying on the ship forever and becoming child soldiers. Uh, he basically says he doesn't want to become an employee, and he's like... He says wage slave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he does not want to be uh, subject to the man, the government. Again, th- these are punks. These are, like, 1980s anarcho-punks, you know. That's that's who he's modeled after. Um, yep, so he tries to get Lena to leave and knock some food out of her hands and then i think we get the first real slap of the series and that this is kind of a surprise Foss slaps the shit out of him and th- and says do you think we always eat this well no we're trying to bribe you ch- you ch- child soldiers <laughs> um judo runs off uh leaves oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, but no, no judo does not run off judo makes a big fist and then says you're gonna punch a man and then almost punches bottle right in the goddamn face and bright stops him yeah yeah bright's like wait there is slapping going on in this ship <laughs> that i didn't do hang on i just <laughs> slapping around here yeah the only time i allow somebody to beat somebody up is if it's wong just like kicking camille into a coma i mean uh <laughs> um yeah, so Judo leaves the Argama and almost immediately has a new type flash of Marshma saying that he's going to take the Argama and the Zeta out. Um, so this is like one of the first real instances of us th- seeing uh, the any of the fancy new type powers in, in Double Zeta. Um, it's pretty subtle, but it's definitely there. Yeah, it takes you a minute to even realize, not a minute, but it it doesn't immediately present itself as that's what's happening, but that's what's happening. And then even judo is like, did I hear something? Cause he's nowhere near. Yeah. He's yeah. There, yeah. There are some times in like in the last episode when like bright was able to hear gammon. I was like, how? And there's some times in the next couple episodes where it's like, uh, I'm going to guess somebody has a radio nearby. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, in, in the, in the radio stuff in double Zeta, works differently than in the other shows for these first few episodes because we get we'll talk about it later but there's you know we always thought that uh minofsky particles killed radar and radio uh and there's several instances here where that's not happening i'm i I did not look at it but i would guess and this is purely just talking this is not no one listening take this as gundam fact please it's gundam fact no uh, <laughs> i can see it being entirely possible that within a colony you could use some kind of shortwave frequency or something that would not be bound by necessarily the same rules that apply in space now why that maybe wouldn't on earth i don't uh, well but... i mean again we'll, well let's talk about it when we get there because I, yeah. I i think there's some discussion to be had because i think it's interesting um mostly just to like throw ideas out there but marshmallow launches in his suit uh, yeah so i took a few tech notes on this suit 
if we want them. Go for it. It to take a lot, but I think there's just a couple of notable things about it. One is it's kind of a shorty. Uh, this thing going up to just its head, it's only about, it's just shy of 16 meters. And your typical mobile suit is around 18-ish in Universal Century. Like the Gundam is 18 meters. so You can really tell too because it's got like no torso. Yeah, yep. Uh, but I think the notable thing here, well, so for one, this is made to work in concert with the Gallus J. Um, as history proceeds, this is not what happens. But this is meant to be like the long-range support and the Gallus J is the up-close bruiser. At least that was the design intention of them. Uh, so regardless of what actually happens, this thing is loaded, and this is without any optional equipment because we will see a little bit of that used here, um, not this episode, the next one. Uh, without any of that, it has 44 missiles loaded onto this thing. And it's got tubes for them in the legs, the forearms, and uh, the torso. The torso also has Vulcans and beam guns, and it has its beam sabers stored in the legs, and it has four of them. So despite being a little thing, it's got a lot of stuff on it. Got a lot of stuff. And, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that, that it shows up in Unicorn as well. Well... Uh, different color. <laughs> dude, like... Every Xeon and Neo Xeon suit shows up in Unicorn. That's true. But well, there's a high grade of it. Well, I was going to say that the good part about that is it's let them back themselves into doing new high grades of a lot of the old designs, or the old colors, if you will. Uh, however, if you want the ZZ TV colors version of that kit, it was a P Bandai kit. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, so. Um... We, we see the rich guy again, the mayor, whatever his title is. Um, he is in the process of moving out of his uh, mountainside house. And he wants his wine packed up so he can take it to Earth. And they have a long discussion about whether the wine on Earth is better or his wine is better. But he wants his wine. Um, he has a butler. And he's just going to leave his house to the butler. Yeah. And he's yeah. trying to go to Earth. It's... You know, there's a he's mainly being used for comedy here, but there's that overarching thing about corrupt power in the Universal Century is everywhere. Yeah, it's here too. Yep. Um, Marshman decides to fight at the dude's house. He just lands in his yard. I, he has no idea that it's the same guy. Um, and he slips and falls and damages the house and fucks up his wine. I mean, he fall. He does this a falls ass first onto his little wine cellar yeah yeah and then um astonage gets some action astonage is annoyed that the argoma keeps relying on child soldiers and he's like no i will not stand for this i am clearly above the age of 18 and i will pilot the zeta uh so he gets in the zeta <laughs> um Marshmallow knocks the Methus down. Or sorry, the Methus launches. Um, I'm sorry, I skipped over a section of what I wrote. Glossing, just glossing. I, I was, so the Argama gets inf information about the about um, Marshmallow's suit uh, damaging the colony, and uh, Fa thinks about Camille being in danger and takes the Methus out. The Methus is not in good shape at this point, so uh, that's why. Uh, Bright was going to send the kids to, to get Judo, and then Astonage gets pissed 
uh, and takes the Zeta out. Sorry. I, I would start like I have two paragraphs that are like the exact same shape. And I read the first two sentences of one paragraph and it was like summarizing it. And I went to the end of my third, the next paragraph, which is Asinage taking it out. (laughs) And did we mention that Damar's house like slid down the hill? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it starts falling down the hill at this point. Um, having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, this guy's house is just fucked. All sorts of fucked. That butler's not inheriting shit. <laughs> um, so Mashima knock, knocks Amethyst down, and the Zeta shows up. Uh, but Astonage is not a pilot and gets pushed aside like nothing. And then um, <laughs> the funny part is, is like when he slaps the Zeta, the Zeta kind of like takes the hit and is kind of like on its knees getting pushed back. Uh, but Marshmallow sees that the Zeta is near a, a little shack and he's like, oh, it's protecting that shack. It is putting itself in front of the shack. Just like when Fa put herself in front of Camille and he's just, this is so honorable. I can't possibly like fight the Zeta while it's in this position. The, the version of the dub that I was watching was like, uh, the pilot of the Zeta has the soul of a knight, too. Yeah, that sounds oh, yeah. pretty close to the official one. Yeah, that said, um, it, oh, that pilot must have a chivalrous spirit. And it's also consistent with his misunderstanding, because he doesn't know the pilot keeps changing. But it's consistent with his misunderstanding from episode two th- or three, one of those where stuff kept happening, and he's like, oh, they're honorable. Oh, maybe not. And He's just being a, just a goon. What a great goon. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, while he's distracted, Fa rams him in the Methus again. And uh, then he's like, no, I'm not dealing with this 2v1 shit. I am backing out. Um, And then he tells Gotten to sit out another Gaza Sea. Um, So the Gaza Seas land on the rich dude's truck with all of his luggage and ruin that too. So rich dude is now pretty much poor dude. <laughs> um, Fa is trying to convince Judo to pilot, and then Astonage lets uh, them know that there are more suits on the way. Um, and then at this point, when they hear more suits are on the way, everybody is sitting there trying to convince Judo to pilot. And then uh, Lena tells Judo that he needs to live for more than just money, and I guess Gundam parts. Um, so Judo hides while Marshman is trying to smoke him out. So he does get in Zeta, um, and Judo quickly takes out both Gaza Seas, uh, when he attacks and hides in an area that was tough for Marshman to get in. So it's like, again, we're in like this junk pile. So there's lots of random like coves and holes for them to fly through and things along. I might have missed you saying it. Did we uh, mention that Yazan jacks some dude's bike? Oh, no, I did not mention that. I don't think. Yeah, like he sees those uh, Gaza Seas flying overhead, and the townspeople are like, oh, is it another war? And Yazan's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> anarchy, and just takes somebody's bike. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one of the Gaza Seas is still somewhat functional, even though he, he it had been damaged. Um, and Judo takes it out again. So this Judo is like pretty good against these Gaza seeds against Marshmo. He's not quite as good. Um, but he tells Marshmo to stop or they're both, or they'll both die. And then 
the worst thing that ever has happened to Marshima happens. His rose breaks. His stem breaks on the rose. And he goes ballistic on Judo while holding the it's rose in his mouth. Man. What's that? It's an omen, man. Yeah. Yeah. So Judo manages to cut off uh, Marshima's leg uh, when the Metha shows up to back him up. And then um, Marshima retreats. And Yazan shows right up again, just in time for trash to fall all over him. And uh, finish up with Lena convincing Judo to keep on helping the Argma for now. And then uh, Bright learns at the end of this episode that the Lavian Rose is less than a day out. And the rich dude's house completely collapses when he says he's going to get more money from Mashima. And I mentioned the Zista's optional equipment. When it's pursuing the Zeta, there's that point where it has to, he has to let one of the shoulder pods go to be able to fit through that, that one section. Um, so that was what I was talking about with that. It, it has a lot of, uh, he thought he needed those extra missiles, but now they're just part of the junk pile. <laughs> yep, this is pretty good. This 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 set of episodes is kind of like, pretty lighthearted and comical. I wouldn't say it's like a joke. Again, one of the, the problems I think Zeta, Double Zeta has an issue with uh, perception-wise is that it's like just not super serious, but I, I think they're doing a good job of like setting characterization for these guys in place and kind of like giving the world a little bit more context without being super dark and saying like, oh, everything's miserable. It's kind of interesting because I went into this, um, I kind of like, I got tons and tons and tons of people saying like, oh, it's, it's, it's slapsticky and funny and very lighthearted and it didn't, didn't go over well. It doesn't feel that way at all. It's got a lot of that in it. It's, it's like they tried to lighten the tone by adding some slapsticky stuff in there. Um, but if you kind of like see through to the underlying thing, it doesn't have that tone at all. And I, I think a lot of the perception of it is just that because this came out relatively so, I mean, not even relatively, compared to everything else you see Gundam, especially the older material, even in America, this lagged 15 years behind everything else. And a lot of the perception on the internet was formed through the voices of the very small percentage of people that had actually watched it. And who is always going to be loud about things, but people that don't like it. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of that perception comes from. But it's definitely eased up a bit um, since this actually officially got released uh, to the point where I feel like someone saying, oh, yeah, when you watch Universal Century, oh, yeah, you can skip Double Zeta. I feel like that is slowly becoming like a meme more than an actual serious yeah. take any Gundam fan would have. Well, I think I think what we've seen here is Zeta kind of started with like very light new type stuff, and it got more and more new typey as the show went on, and it also got more and more dark as the show got on, and then you had that big pressure release valve, just like at the end of regular Mobile Suit Gundam, of new type magic and dark people, you know, dark dark writing and deaths and all that stuff and 
there's not years in between these shows. So like Zeta is basically like, all right, we let the, the, the pressure out of the balloon. Now we're going to slowly fill it back up again. And, you know, there's, there's stuff that's going on. I mean, I think we've mentioned in episode uh, two that, you know, um, what's his name just got smacked and killed, you know, in a hangar. Yeah. Sayagusa. So, yeah. And and remember the wider context, right? This entire thing of them in Shangri-La, it's so far, I think three days we're coming up on our fourth one. They are repairing the ship. They've got, they're wounded in a hospital and then they're trying to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Right. They are, it's not always apparent because of there's, there are other things happening and we're being told a story from the perspective of these kids that already lived on this colony. But as far as someone like bright is concerned, this is a little stopover avoid whatever danger we can. And then we're going to get the hell out because our buddies at Anaheim are going to really take care of us after this. We're just trying to get to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not really clear where in the grand scheme of things, um, the AU is in the power structure right now. Right. Like we just had that huge war and now we're on some podunk colony. Uh, what's going on in the grand scheme of things other than, Access trying to expand its power base. It, it almost feels like this is one of those parts where in Zeta you would just have a time skip without it telling you you did. But, you know, that yeah. show has some serious time skips in yep. places. And it just sort of feels like there were probably times like this in Zeta where it was like, well, what's going on? They're like, what do you mean? We don't, we hear from Wong like once every three months, dude. But, <laughs> you know, not being told a story in real time it didn't give that perception so that's at least that's where my head goes with it um i think ultimately it's that when they were putting this together in the story someone said that's not important right now yeah yeah cool anything else for these episodes i'm gonna take that as a no nada I shook my head. I know, I know, but our listeners can't hear that, so. Well, I'm mute. Hang on. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. We will see you all in two weeks. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll do episodes seven and eight in two weeks. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Reach out to us on Twitter at NewTypeFlashPod and all of our sub uh, Reddit sub Reddit posts on Mobile Suit Gundam. We have multiple subreddits. Yes. We don't. No. We should should start doing that new subreddit for every episode. (laughs) Check us out on our television. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Check us out on, hey, upvote enough, and you can check us out on our all. (laughs) Get to it. All right. See you in two weeks, guys. Thanks. Bye.